Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Switching Daniel on. that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Yes. Indeed. Gentlemen. We're back on the live show. Joe, you're going to sit in for a while because, you know, you're my aficionado on this thing. And you actually, um, on the first subject that I want to talk about, I mean, I'm sure you're shocked. It's not really a sports-related story. <laughs> yes! Um, but as I as I sat this weekend, um, my wife comes home after five weeks from being in Florida. It was a tough try, try running the household with two children, two dogs, getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and going to work on the show and the morning show. And, uh, and not have my wife there it was actually really hard. But... The royal wedding took place, and I had to say to myself, what is the fascination? This guy's not going to be king. He's not going to be, you know, it, really, he kind of he's going to be a party boy on the at the expense of 17.5% of the taxes collected in Great Britain go to the royal family. And it was Mr. Salzone that pointed out to me this morning as I talked about this on the Gomez and Lisa show, man, why would you spend $50 million dollars? On these people's wedding. For what? It doesn't matter. And Joe said, Joe? I said, it, with all the garbage that's going on in the world, it was a nice break from it. It was people wanted to see something positive for a change. Bingo. Why does Mr. Krabs, Krabs sell the party over at uh, uh, the Christmas party? And what he's saying, he's saying thank you to the sweat hogs. He is. That's what this was. It was a $50 million party. For all the people to watch. They I watched really... none of it because I'm an American. <laughs> but he married. God see, bless see, you. And that's, and that's what he did. they did that was brilliant. So I sat there and I watched the luminaries from America because he married an American. Now, you know he's not going to be king if he married an American. Mm -hmm. So he marries an American, a biracial American, <laughs> the first time ever, I think they said. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at Oprah. And I'm seeing her walking in the festivity and Clooney and these different people. And I thought, did they just Google the top 25 most famous people in America and invite them? Because how does Harry, well, he may, maybe he's done Oprah once or maybe he's Whoa. done the next one. But that's, that's you, but, that's, but, that's who you, but that's who you invite to your wedding? Well, turn, someone texted us after we had that exchange this morning. They said that uh, the celebrities that were invited uh, were invited because they were known for their humanitarian work. And that was the connection. No, I think they just picked the most famous Americans. And For said, sure. Yeah. You don't yeah. think when Harry comes to. Yeah, they didn't the invite States, the head of PETA. He doesn't meet yeah. Oprah in them. He doesn't hang out with Oprah, you don't think? You don't think Harry just chills over at Oprah's Montecito I bet you mansion? they hug out together before. Yes. I'm not buying it for a second. No, he doesn't hang out with her. No. They've, yeah, I'm sure no. they've met. Although, prior. one of the greatest Oprah things ever is that, um, and there's no random order to it. But if you she she bought an estate right down the block from where I live, very close to where Billy lives in Montecito, California, and legend has it that you'll come trick or treating, and like the nineteenth person around me gets an iPhone, like oh a really God. expensive, nice phone, and they just take it in the and kids' bag. Gail King that gives it to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not too smart for the room. No, I yeah, liked no. it. I liked it. I like, it was lovely. It didn't go anywhere, but it was lovely. <laughs> uh, Paulie, how was your weekend? Cool. I uh 
I didn't do anything. I sat around. I have a small bone to pick with you myself, but uh, we can get into that in a second. Uh-oh, what happened? Go now? ahead. Just, I don't know. Well, well, well so, swing it, bro. Let me, let me, um, I, you know, there, there's no swing for me. I'm not like you. I don't insult your career on air, and I don't uh, say terrible things That's like things insulting about you. a turd. You're not going to do much insulting. <laughs> but but I, I, do, I do have this. Um, so I was up in the uh, hotel room while we were doing this event, um, and I get the following text from Paulie. Joe and I are here at the bar. So that came in at uh, 3.50. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be down there at 4. So um, you'll notice, Josh, if you read the blue one after that, at, at what time was that sent out? 5.02. And I wrote... Me and Joe are at the bar. Me and Joe are at the bar back to him. I went to the bathroom at 4.58. Mm-hmm. And I come back and I go, where's Paul? He left. Yeah. At, at 5 on the nose. You're damn right. He's out of there, yeah. baby. He's gone. Not even a goodbye. Nothing. Just gone. Gone. Okay, yeah. So? <laughs> but your point. He has fulfilled you know, his expectations. My obligations were you don't done. S- you don't say bye? You don't know? No, because one of the Weasley uh, uh, minimum wage workers was trying to get me to help him work, and I don't do that, and I left. He certainly what, doesn't work. I'll tell you that much. Weasley I can verify that. minimum wage yeah, workers. One of, the, was, one of those grunts was trying to get me to carry stuff. <laughs> How I, dare you treat and, anybody and but me? One of the sweathogs? Yeah, and I left. Zach the sweathog? Yeah. Yeah. He wanted me to carry a cinder block through downtown. <laughs> yes, he did. He, like, that's he, not they, an exaggeration. They brought that's... a huge cinder block to hold down one of the signs, and he wanted me to carry it three quarters of a mile back to the Because he wanted to stay and drink, yeah, right? Yeah, and I was like, no. So I left. <laughs> I was out, not carrying cinder blocks through downtown. It's a good way to get arrested. I don't blame you for not uh, carrying cinder blocks through downtown, but my feelings were hurt. Bye. (laughs) Did you guys have fun? I wanted to know how this whole thing went. Oh, yeah, the UPS party was a blast. Chris Cawley was there. We had a good time. He was a huge Larry Dickman fan. Well, I'm going to tell you about the UPS party. Oh, boy. So... (laughs) Um, first of all, there was a, there was a, a lovely representative from UPS there who came down to greet us and say hello, and he popped in. That was great, and um, and then the guys who won it, um, yeah, I guess are they allowed ten people? Yeah, they're allowed to have ten people. It felt like when you go to uh, a, a, a dance when you're in ninth grade, like all the girls are on one side and all the yeah. boys, because they came and they were really friendly. You know, hey, what's up? Oh, we took the pictures and they went off to their table. They ate their nachos. We sat at the bar with our group, and it was and it was a, a nice lineup. Yeah, the whole was, show, but Josh it showed was up. Pauly, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody but you actually. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, which I know that you're in demand worldwide, so you can't be <laughs> held to, responsible for being with us plebes. Yeah. Um, so Zach was there. Joe was there. Forrest. Uh, even Forrest showed up. Oh God, well, there's more reason for me not to go then. We convinced Forrest <laughs> on the morning show to get the. Uh, uh, to get a tattoo of the condom, the memorial, the, the memorial commemorative <laughs> oh. condom. We're thinking about getting that tattooed him on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, and and then we, uh, you know, we we didn't interact more than like the pictures, and and then there was a, like a couple of rounds of kind of talking to them, hanging out with them. There was one girl that didn't come who was really friendly, who I talked to quite a bit, but I really didn't talk to the the group all that much. Uh, Joe had the one guy just yelling, Larry. Yep. Yeah. Well, right. that's the famous guy. Yeah, that made me very happy. That well, that's a great story. So I'm 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 
um, in, in debates with the great Ed Levine about the development of character of Paulie the Mole. Josh already has a huge following. And then so Joe's on the show doing the board for some time, and I made him into Larry Dickman. And, I, and he said to me, yeah, you know, I'm not sure about the Larry Dickman thing. I don't know how much Joe's going to come out of his shell. And, and I went, listen, I'm going to make Larry Dickman. Fit. As I'm saying this to him, we're walking up to the suite <laughs> at the, uh, uh, the Dome, and some guy from the very top of the stairs goes, Larry! He starts <laughs> screaming, Larry. And he's screaming. I'm looking at him going, there's no, I couldn't acute it better. It's and awesome. so he's looking up at him and he goes, oh, are you kidding me, Baldwin? Like the one guy. He's, and I went, so I guess he goes, man, I love your show, man. Larry Dickman, man. Blah, blah. And he walks. It's the guy who won the contest. <laughs> was it really? It yeah. was the guy. Nice. So, so when, we came in t- when we came in, he sees him and he goes, Larry. He starts yelling, Larry. Uh, Did you guys have some fun hang time together, the three of you? You know, I felt that there was some bonding. I really appreciated the time that I had with Joe to talk with Joe about some other things that we're doing and and just have some time outside of work. Well, mm-hmm. It was kind of work, but it was outside of work. Yeah, I, I high five Joe. Joe and I have a weird, weirdly the same sense of humor. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it. But it, it doesn't come out as much on the show, but it does around the office. Yeah, and so we were high five and making fun of people. Yeah, <laughs> jokes that we could not repeat on the air. Jokes that would get this station fined thousands like of dollars. Yeah. Oh, really? Josh, I'll tell you off the air. So. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Do we need to get into cable access now? <laughs> <laughs> to do the real Larry Dickman show. So you've got, what, three more of these lined up you got to Yeah, do? we got one in June, so just keep listening to the Daniel Baldwin show all summer long. When you're prompted, be the 10th caller. You'll be registered for the UPS Happy Hour at Shaughnessy's Irish Pub. By the way, you get 100 bucks worth of booze, which is... That's multiple pictures and a, some food. and uh, Marriott, Syracuse, downtown. Now, the interesting thing uh, about the separation of church and state that went on in the room uh, <laughs> was, was also, you know, you want to, I guess if you're going to party at, at Tronacy's, you get the whole place to yourself pretty much until a little bit later in yeah. the day because it was quiet. Mm-hmm. It was quiet and there was just us. Yeah. It was nice and hopefully nice. Actually, in a way, that was nice. To not have to deal with a, like a whole bunch of people yeah, running around. It's an office you focus party. on the party. Yeah, and we were focused. Now, I guess my uh, my uh, you know, and, and why would I assume this? But I did. I figured. I know you're allowed to come down with ten, but I figured there'd be fifty people, you know, coming down from your. No, there was ten. It was exactly ten. Yeah, it was exactly ten. It did not meet your expectations as so well. So can't you just? Well, can't you just tell a bunch of other people to come down and we'll throw this into a jam and well, somebody I don't think bring that's a guitar the, and. I don't think that's the point of it. I think it's supposed to be an intimate party with where you ignore Daniel Baldwin yeah. and everybody yeah. else in the room. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's supposed <laughs> you to be... wish Josh was really there? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be intimate so you can mingle. Is that it? Hang out with well, your Well, that co-workers. was the part I think we missed was the... Was the although the, I did speak with the owner and his wife. His wife was lovely. Really nice woman. I, I don't know. I just... It, it just seemed separatist. Did you feel that way, Joe? I, th- I thought it was odd if you win a contest and the prize is you get to spend time with the people that you listen to, you would think there'd be more interaction. But, but I think only the guy who won listens. Yeah. So oh. that's yeah. what it was. Like nobody, So the, the nine of the guests were who, those schmucks? Yeah, and it was kind of, <laughs> I get it, too. Like, we're just there, and if they want to talk to us, they can. But it was kind of like you're just kind of forced to hang out with people that you don't know. I'm kind of surprised no one came, went up to Daniel and said, hey, congrats on the new kid. That'll just sit there, that joke, too. Yep. But, but okay, we, we can try it again. Want to, another delivery? <laughs> but, Wait, I saw get it, another delivery? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's go to break on that lousy note. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on your new talk show, too. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're giving you more than the latest in sports. Oh, yeah. We're helping you lower your standards and expectations. Just as I thought. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Follow the NBA playoffs on ESPN Radio AM 1200. I'm so excited. It's time for... Uh, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't... Uh, um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. <laughs> you understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. The Vegas Golden Knights beat the Winnipeg Jets in five games, becoming the first expansion team in the history of the four major sports to make it to the championship round in their first season. Go, Paulie. Not a so what. That's pretty dope. So not a so what. How did they do it? They put together a pretty good team, and they won a lot of games. Well, their goaltending has been unbelievable. Their goalie has really been playing hot. He's been standing on his head, as they would say in the hockey ranks. You know, but the the sad thing about it is all of it's great news, but it's like who came in second in the Daytona 500. If they don't win it, it, it's a so what if they don't win it. They got to win it now. Now that they got there, they you know they've got to do it. I think they will too. I hope they do. I hope they do. That's an amazing thing, you know. It, and it also isn't a so what because this is the first professional franchise ever in Las Vegas, and now um, the Raiders will be second. And and there was it was always taboo for many many years to to think that there would be a professional franchise there because they worried about fixing games and gambling and the close association with gambling that goes on in Las Vegas. But obviously Vegas is growing, and they've decided to allow hockey, and next is football. So you watch. That city could support basketball. That city could support baseball. It has the weather for baseball. They're going to get a pro team in every sport. It's also a feel-good story because this all started right when the the mass shooting happened out Mm -hmm. there, and this team came in, and this team was kind of an escape for them, and... It's awesome that they've gone on to to do this in the first year. A couple of local ties too. Baldensville's Alex Tuck plays for the Vegas not, for for the Golden Knights, and our very own Dan Duva, who was here a year ago calling for the Syracuse Crunch, calls for the Vegas Knights, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. So he'll be calling a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Maybe we'll without, have him on this week. Without Syracuse, they're nowhere, are they? Really, right. really, there's nowhere. Uh, Tom Brady will not report to uh, OTAs today. Uh, news broke this morning that he will not be joining the team uh, as far as practices go. Not uh, not a so what. This is the first time he's ever done this. Yeah. I mean, these are voluntary, so he has the option of doing mm-hmm. it. But it's the first time that he said, you know what, no, I'm not going to do it this year. And, and, and they've got quite a different team, too. I mean, there's a team that... Don't be surprised if they don't win. You know, I mean, what if they won the AFC East twenty nine times in a row or something? I mean, some crazy number. Yeah, the the thing is, is nobody in that division is going to beat them. You don't think the Bills have a chance to beat them? No, not with a new quarterback. And oh god, I think he's going to come out the gate hot. I this think game. the Bills will struggle this year. The Jets will struggle. The Dolphins are the There's, Dolphins. I smell a bet. Five bucks, bro. I'll put it on. No, it. no, no. Hang on, Booster. Obvious. It's like my my take. Oh, by the way, did you see the Preakness? Thank you. Um, you. So you, you picked it's my favorite. next one. It's my next one. It's my next. Sorry, don't worry about it. Yeah. So, so I will bet you. What's the under and over on Bills wins if they're not going to do anything with the quarterback? I put it at seven. I don't know what Vegas. Has. I'll bet over. I'll bet over now. You'll bet over. Bills, Bills will have win overs. more than seven. So seven is a tie. Six is a win for you. Eight or more is a win for me. All right, I'm in. Done. Five. Five wow. bucks, bro. How many games do you think Cleveland wins this year? Two. Two. Yeah. That's it? Really? Yeah, yeah two wins. Oh. They're in trouble. 
Everybody's calling them as like a sleeper team, and I don't. A guy I was asking you guys, I don't get it. Well, they, it's far beyond what you know. I, I, again, you know, the interesting thing when you talk to guys that play at, at a professional, like I, I thought about this recently about battle and and Tyus going down there and having to show his skills and scrimmage against you know where now if he was scrimmaging against the Syracuse team and and Brissette and a couple other guys that are somewhere near his level are guarding him but he's not he's scrimmaging with Brissette against walk-on guys so he's not being tested until he gets out on the court against another ACC guard who's a really good player now take the best of every guy the best guy Best three guys in every division and put him out there and how good is he? And he's not even one of the top 10 guys anymore. So that's what happens when you go to the NFL and you get on a team and you realize when a, when a, when a, a linebacker can run as fast as most of your wide receivers. I mean, they're that fast and they're 200 and something pounds and they're trying to tear your head off and that's in practice. So yeah, they, they can't. They can't uh, actually tackle you. You're not worried about getting hit. But the cover, when you think you see a guy open, what you could get away with the velocity and how quick you had to make up your mind to throw a ball in college, it's times 10. I mean, it's it's so much harder how fast everything happens. And the speed of the game on, on any pro sport, like the, the remember we had that guy that was a super fast skater on our team. Every guy is a super fast skater when you get into the NHL. They're all really that good. So what you're gonna what you're gonna find is that learning curve to take that step up. Well, I I think it would be a terrible thing for his career to throw him to the wolves and start him right away. Look at Manzel. You know, look what, what happened to him. They're they're not gonna start. That's why they brought Taylor in to. Uh, I think they're not gonna start him. Yeah. I hope they don't. I hope they don't ruin his confidence. Yeah. So well, I think it ties in too to that whole John Desco situation where they haven't. They're just not winning as many games as they used to. I think everybody else has gotten better. Just like same like you're saying, you're you're one level it, and then everybody gets better when you go up to the next level. Right. It's trying to perform at that same level. Well, that takes some time though. That really takes some time. Um, you know, they might when you when you start dealing. There's a great story about um, Hugh Culverhouse when he, when he was still alive and he owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Vinny Testaverde, I think I've told this story to you guys, went into there and he said, "Hey, man, they're making fun of me there. I won the Heisman Trophy and we've only won one game, and they're saying that I'm a washed up and I'm not any good." And he goes, "But the fact of the matter is, the it, the average NFL quarterback has 4.2 seconds to throw the ball. I have 2.9 seconds to throw the ball. I mean, are we?" going to invest money in getting the supporting players on this team so that I have a chance to succeed. And Culverhouse, according to Vinny, said, Vinny, we're the only act in town, son, and we sell it every game. When they stop coming and I have to spend more money, I will to make them fill the stands. And think about that. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the only professional franchise in the city at that time, and he sold out every game. So why investment-wise, from a business standpoint, would you spend more money mm-hmm. If you're filling all the seats and you you can't max out any more money, and and you know, Vinny walked out of that room realizing he was never going to win as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He wasn't not with that mindset. Same will be said here. I think you know, unless Cleveland was to invest in the other parts of the team that are that are hurting, Baker Mayfield's not going to turn that franchise around. I don't care how good he is. Herschel Walker or an, an, an impact running back might grab you another couple of wins, but I thought the idea was to get to a Super Bowl. They're nowhere near anything like that. Yeah, it's not. That's not an overnight fix. Right. So yeah, that takes seasons. Yeah.
They're like three, three, four years away. Justify is now favored to win the Belmont Stakes on June 9th. Shocking. As the, and take the Triple Crown, the 13th Triple Crown for trainer Bob Baffert. I didn't see uh, the Preakness. Did he win running away or was it a tight one? Uh, one by three lengths. That's a good win. Because um, you got to figure the, 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 the death run is the Belmont. The Belmont's a really, really long run comparatively. Mm-hmm. So n- not many have done it because of how long that race is and you give a chance to horses that are closers with that extra you know, half a mile to come catch them. I'm going to say obviously the odds are way against Justify. Um, although this seems to be a pretty special horse, what makes it significant is it it won the Preakness in the in the mud, yeah. which is a great sign. It was disgusting. It was yeah. wet. It was foggy. You couldn't see anything. Yeah. So, but I'm going to say you know it's got to be the it's got to be long odds to win the Triple Crown. But you're saying it's the favorite to win it right now, right? Yes. And finally, the Golden State Warriors murdered the Houston Rockets last night with Steph Curry expressing what. I asked you to put one story in. What? You did? Yeah, what? and you didn't put it in. We'll save it. Well, we can, we can, uh, you can add it. You Steph can Curry shouting, this is my effing house, to which he then had to apologize to his mom because she was upset that he swore on the court. You know, I think doing something, it, wasn't, it was early in the game, he hit a shot or something, and he turned around, not, not, not in my effing house or something. I mm-hmm. heard what the comment was. I think you only give them something to focus on and fuel on to, to, to be that cocky. Um, so, are you giving them signs about the yeah, story? Yeah, what's, what's the story? What's the story? You ask us. Yeah. We'll do the show one. Yeah, the Stevie Wonder story. Oh, and by the way, yes, finally, I'll give you the final one. Another one? Donald we didn't, Glover. We didn't get his, we didn't get his, his opinion it's, on it, it. So what? If oh, you Steph can't, Curry. If, you, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're in your 20s playing basketball and you can't swear in front of your wow. mom, you got serious problems. Your mama? <laughs> Right, let's get this right. Oh, my mom would have come out on the court and slapped the crap out of me. <laughs> and then finally, for the so what story that Paulie wanted, Donald Glover, uh, Childish Gambino, he's an actor, he's going to be in the Lando movie. He also thinks that Stevie Wonder is not blind. What, does he say why? Does he elaborate? Uh, he said he was at a party with him during the course he sang with him, and he's then, like the way he acted, he noticed that maybe he might not be blind. <laughs> It's leaking, and we broke it on this, <laughs> on this show. We did. We did. This is there were break. suspicions, but mm-hmm. let's just come right out and say he's not blind. Uh, and, and so, and the best was the uh, um, the tweet I got. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind, but boy, George, I asked him because there was a story about George was at a party, and he said that he was on an elevated area, like the uh, um, like a dais of some type, and he saw. Stevie Wonder come in and he had a couple of, you know, he's got a guide, he's got the whole thing because supposedly he can't see. He said, and from this, you know, five foot risen above everybody else, from across the room, Stevie serpentine perfectly without the guide in between everyone, walked right up to him, grabbed him and said something to him that led George to believe that there was like a personal thing between like, how would he have known in this noisy room that it was George? He hadn't said anything to him yet. So he said, I'm guessing that I think his quote was, I'm guessing that maybe he sees like shadows or shapes or something. And I'm thinking, you got to see more than shapes to see somebody from across the room. So, I oh, mean, and Donald Glover says that when he used Stevie Wonder's music in his TV show Atlanta, when Stevie was watching the clip back, he would point to things at the TV. And Donald said, How is he doing that? <laughs> like Stevie Wonder would say, That's funny right there. And, t- and like, touch the TV screen. 
Maybe we can see, maybe, <laughs> Wow. Right? Wow. I think, get I think, Stevie Wonder on the phone. I think Daniel Baldwin blew it wide open. I think this is going to be a big... This will be the year 2018. Stevie Wonder comes out as an Abilene. Well, when he turns around and ends up landing an airplane, you know, that's in distress <laughs> or something. Didn't he drive the pace car at the Indy 500? Did he? Yeah, I think so. By sound it, alone? Oh, yeah. By feel. He felt Sounds the road. like a left turn. He felt the road. Are you going to Google that right now? Yeah, because I... Well, it might have been one of those tandems where he had somebody else at the wheel. I don't know. That's yeah. kind of a tough one to pull off. Yeah, he was probably just in the car with him, but right. he was a passenger. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was doing 210 miles an hour, went into a turn, yeah, and exactly. went, hey, Tommy, and he waved yeah, outside exactly the car. Right. That's not a so what, as we continue to follow yeah. the Stevie no, Wonder conspiracy. No, 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 conspiracy. this is definitely a conspiracy. And speaking of Solo, I'll throw one more story. Did you see they made Lando Calrissian? Are you guys Star Wars guys? No. Hate Star Wars. So what? Boom, boom. But God, what do they want to do? They because made I, Lando. Because I did my own version of the movie. They made Billy D. Williams' character Pansexual, which means what? He's, He's all into everything. So, like, he likes the well, aliens. Isn't he in, like, an alien? like, there's going to be a love scene with him and Chewbacca. Yeah, or I'm something. fine with that. Go for it. It's, it's Star Wars. Everything is crazy. Go be every. You're into everything. Go for it. But in the originals, he was a wicked womanizer for that scene. Sure. Our, our version we made is by far the most entertaining of all of them. I tried to show it to you. You didn't want to watch it. <laughs> I love everything you've made. You've never seen my Star Wars. I saw it. You showed you it to watch me. The, you didn't watch it all. I watched the whole trailer. You, you looked at it for a second. That's the way you are. It's all right. How I, dare I, you? Your it. movie career has been illustrious, and I love it. <laughs> How dare you offend yourself? <laughs> How dare you offend wow. yourself? You're master offending. Wow. You're, you're me- let's, go to, let's go to break on that note, master offensive. <laughs> ESPN Syracuse wants you on the Bob's True Value bus to the Mets versus Yankees at City Field on Sunday, June 10th. For just $115, you get tickets to the game, a bus ride from Frank's, Frank's Tours to and from City Field, and Cam's Pizza on the way to Queens. Just go to ESPNSyracuse.com to buy your tickets. This is your chance to see a Subway Series game, all for just $115. So get to ESPNSyracuse.com now to purchase yours from Bob's True Value. And ESPN Syracuse. Brent Axe 4 to 6, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. Did you put him through? Yeah, he's on. Big boy, you there? Hello? Your brother Alec is on the phone. Hello? Yeah, so I got to tell you what's been going on here. This has just been a, a night bombing raid, I feel like, in Iraq. Can, can, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, okay, this, I, I'm on my way to an appointment right now, so hit me really quick. What do you got? Okay, so uh, I'm getting from Paulie the Mole and from Joe Salzone. This, you know, inevitable that I get throughout my entire career having to sound somewhat and look somewhat like you. Uh, uh, I'm getting reamed with, I heard you have a new talk show. I heard you just had a baby. Now, didn't you give specific instructions to Paulie about saying things about someone personally and about their career? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't remember the whole thing about you learned through your career. You don't make fun of anybody. You don't. You don't remember that segment that we did on the show. So you, how is what you just said making fun of anybody? You're, you're not really putting this together very well. Well, what because you, you have a new talk show and you have a new baby. I don't have those things. Oh, so people confusing your career with mine? That's just stupidity. That's not bad manner. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Claire. Anyway, my 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 comment is this. 
Mole is empowered to make all my press statements. Whatever Mole <laughs> says goes. And I have said... When they call him, they've got questions. They want to know about my work, my family, my politics, my marriage, my kids. Mole goes on the record. It's all up to Mole. Whatever Mole says goes. <laughs> I, like it. Okay? I just got jumped by the Mole. You're right. Wow. All right. I'm running to a doctor's appointment. My deepest level of love to you... And to the mole and everybody there in the bin with you there. Best of luck, fellas. I got to go to the doctor. Yeah. Okay. See you later. Thanks for calling. There we have it. We've been straightened out. Well, you know what? This this I, I tweeted this out and I will I'll express it on the air. The inner turmoil that the great Ed Levine must be feeling to the fact that an A-list celebrity calls into his radio station almost daily at this point, <laughs> but only wants to talk about his least favorite person, Polly Sibilia, is amazing. Yeah, the, the oxymorons of life, huh? <laughs> I mean, and, and this was somebody who, uh, and, and to his credit, in the beginning, I was led to believe this was going to be a disaster. Like, somehow, I said, I don't agree with you. I think he's funny. I think he knows a ton about sports, particularly Syracuse sports. I said, and I think it's going to, and Ed went, oh, don't count on the, don't count on the mole. Don't count on him. What do you think it is about Pauly that, that draws your brother to him? What is it? That may never be uncovered. That may never be uncovered. But you know what is it that makes someone like tomatoes and somebody else like apples? You know what I mean? I mean, you don't think it was my my reference to Jeffrey Dahmer, your that, sex that, mannequin? Yeah. No, I, doubt, a- I doubt that was probably it, actually. <laughs> um, no. Uh, um, well, he was in studio. Yeah. And their eyes met, and they just fell in love. I I, th- I think he. Uh, I think he just liked Paulie's energy. Paulie's a more of a kind of a passive but funny. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't. He's not over aggressive with it, so it doesn't. You know, go. Down. He he passive aggressively imposes his will on you, um, which is a good way to be when you're somebody like me or my brother Alec. Because you know, when you when you work, and, and this is very true. This is a, a self admission. When you work. And people just constantly kiss your ass all the time when you're mm-hmm. at work because they're fearful for their job because you're the actor on the movie. You get, you do. You get used to getting your way. Now, I just had this conversation with Robin. Robin turned around and we, we kind of butted heads. You know, you think you'd be really happy to see your spouse, which I was, and she was me five weeks apart. But she had gone home to her house, and her house was in disarray from the renters that had it. So she had... Like nine different people come fix the roof, fix the paint, painting this, spackling that, doing the floor, the floor. And I said, you know, honey, you just got back from ha- from just telling everybody what to do the entire time. You're back in the real world now where you don't just walk in the door and tell everybody what to do. You know, and so oh, that, that, yeah. didn't, <laughs> that did My not go over well. My testicles just shrivel up when you said exactly. that. My longest relationship was a week, and I know that was a bad idea. Well, that, let me tell you, that did not go over well with the coach. She was like, well, maybe you should take a look at the fact that you just quit smoking and that you have a stomach got ripped and you're in a bad mood and your back hurts. And I went, well, those things are all true. But, you know, how you offer something to someone, uh, you know, for their consideration is way different than going, yeah, put that over there and get the girls to bed and the dogs need to go out. You know, and you're looking at her going, easy there, Hopsing. I don't know how you guys deal with it. Like, even you, I see it with you, like going out and just people talking to you. Like, like you're at a... We were at Joey's and somebody came up while yeah, we yeah. were having lunch and took a picture with you. Like, mm, right. I don't know how. You, and like, Alec in this place was like, "Holy cow!" Nobody. They came out of the woodwork. As soon as the show ended, it was like, "Let him breathe." I actually sake. had friends here that day. 
I had friends that worked here that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. like that? They all, they they all liked you then. Oh, God. Hi, Danny. Hi. <laughs> Hi. All the girls who work in the office. Well, Hi, Danny. They don't even know my name today. Yeah. You know, today you walk through the bullpen. And Hi, look fat up Alec. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like uh, people. I, I just said to Paulie today. I walked through the office and there was a section where they had let's see, one, two, three, four, five women in it. And I said, "Good morning." One person glanced up, didn't even say anything, and the other four didn't even look. And I thought, "Okay, well, that's a good practice." Though I say good morning every morning too. It's, it's, it's always better to be above above than below. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Have you always had to deal with this type of this level of rejection? I mean, look at me. Of here? course, yes. No, I mean here. Here, uh, it's not. It's not. I've been out in public with you. People notice you and know who you sure, are. Sure, sure, sure. But but when you work with somebody every day, they're not very. What do they care? They don't know? care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why they all got knocked off the party list. They're not coming to the big you, party. You know how show. sad my life is. My dog is recognized more than I am. Yeah. Like I will go out in public and people will scream, "Oh my God, it's Indiana!" Yeah. That, and I'm like, "What? That's uh-huh. not not sound as important. What just happened in this room?" I got jumped on the list in this room. Did you not see that? Did you not witness that? No. Whatever questions are asked of me. Now, we have a, a, a literally, you will hear this answer come from me. Well, hey, what did you think about your brother Alex? Or, hey, I heard Alec. Um, actually, I think that's more of an appropriate question to ask my brother. Sure. Is my, is my answer every time. Because like an idiot early on, mm-hmm. po- political stuff would come up, and, blah, blah, and I think I knew the answer. And if you get one word at a joint with him, Forget about it. You yeah. get the phone call going, did you tell the guy at the New York Times that I said yeah. I didn't care? If I went, no, I didn't say that. He goes, well, that's what they printed. You know, and I'm like, then we're over having lunch and I got to explain it. So I made it, like, if, you, if his name is included in the sentence, go ask him. Mm-hmm. You just now got, no matter what the question is, my family, my politics, my children, <laughs> whatever comes up. Paulie the Mole, whatever he says goes Absolutely. with me. He's his press secretary. How funny would it be if, like, because the last time we did something at Maine National News, all of a sudden I'm getting calls now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. Civilia, I'm here to talk to you about Mr. Baldwin said I was your reference to I think you. you should start tweeting stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think you should connect. <laughs> On behalf. You should. I should, should make sports picks for him. No, I'll do the tweet so you don't get in trouble, but I'll connect you, Josh, the station, and my brother to it yeah. saying, Officially, now I want to announce that in Syracuse, New York, at ESPN Radio, <laughs> Paul Escobilia is yes. the actual spokesperson for Alec Baldwin yes. and all that is Alec Baldwin. We'll do People that. on Twitter are tweeting that they cannot understand the budding relationship between Alec Baldwin and Paul Escobilia. It doesn't make any sense to anybody. But it's not just it's romance saying, anymore. Though. It's now he can speak for him. I know. That's great, Lice. I don't think I've ever heard anyone in his career that has right, including his lawyers. Did you send lawyers. a baby gift? I mean, you really should. As a, you're in his inner circle. Now. Oh, I should. Yeah, you're you in inner circle. Should I get a mole shirt made for the baby? <laughs> send him a little stuffed a mole. A baby mole shirt would <laughs> yes. be great. I'm going to find one online. Okay. I'll buy it. Or a little stuffed I'll mole or something. You <laughs> <laughs> a baby bottle that's a mole. Oh, I bet he'd, I bet he'd love it. No, oh. a baby shirt that's a mole. Oh, and the first the public go. pictures of the baby with the mole shirt. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> Oh, that would make my happiness level go to a That's two. getting framed, isn't it? Right next to the, the Giants jersey that I never should have bought now. We, we've we got to uh, take a break because we're about right. we go, 20 minutes of, behind. All right, let's do it. The Stanley Cup. Win and your name is forever etched in hockey immortality. The Chicago Inscribed as a record of achievement, engraved as a validation for victory. will be next the nhl playoffs get all the new scores and highlights right here espn 97.7 and 100.1 
Follow the NBA playoffs on ESPN Radio AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. I gave it to you already. Call me out. Wow. You like this song? Um, not really, no. <laughs> no, it's not my favorite song. I didn't Boy, ask if it was your favorite. I it's, not, it's not a song that I would have gone with, but I could see, you know, with you, with the little dog and the whole... <laughs> <laughs> Gallivanting down the parkway. If you ever sure, want to see yeah. the difference, just watch us walking our dogs. Yeah. There's Paulie and his dog, and there's me and my dog. I and live in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> I gotta have a small dog. You you can afford more than a one-bedroom You choose I, to live in the one-bedroom I apartment. don't think you know what I make, Mr. Baldwin. <laughs> You're Alec Baldwin's spokesperson. Yeah, for what's God's the salary sake. on that one? Yeah, what's that? What's the benefits of that? Working with you. Wow. <laughs> Quickly before we get out of here, news just broke that the NFL draft is now expected to be hosted in Nashville in 2019. Awesome. I like that they're moving it around from venue to venue. Mother Thaddea yes. writes on Twitter. The budding relationship between Alec Baldwin and the mole, Paul Escamilla, blows my mind. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Wow. Yeah. Just all, it's all over the internet of, now. The level of jealousy is. Oh, no, we're very happy for you. Yeah. Listen, when, 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 when things get tough oh, and, he, come and, and he comes after you for not having the press release, <laughs> you're not even going to want to be in the way of that bus. What's man. it going to be like, Daniel? At, you're at the family reunion, the annual get-together, whatever you do, and I don't know where, getting out of his 2003 Pontiac, whatever it is. The one Polly Sibylia <laughs> walking up to the family gathering. Here, here, here's, here's let me, let me, let me tell you. So, so Billy, when Billy started acting and Steven started acting, they both latched on to Alex's agent, uh, the uh, great, great guy, um, Michael Bloom, J. Michael Bloom Agency, very, very powerful commercial agency at the time in New York City. And so Alec, you know, kind of hooked the boys up. I, you know, I never asked. I never would ask. And of course, there was never. Then and it's a double-edged sword when you have a brother that's super famous. And and you know, my my brothers and I have worked plenty to people would know who we are if it wasn't for Alec and Bella. But certainly, it has ample. It'd be stupid of me not to acknowledge that it amplifies it having a big big star as a brother and looking and sounding like him. So that with that said, um, but I never asked him, "Hey, can you help me with?" Or you know, and and my brothers. Uh, you know, Stephen lived with Alec for a while. Billy inherited Alec's old apartment. Paul, you know, so while I was waiting on tables at a pizza place, living with three other guys in an apartment, I never thought, well, geez, I could just ask Alec for some money, or I mm-hmm. could, you know. And so, one of the things that Alec has taken on, family dynamic wise, always is he's, you know, the the ATM. You know, I mean, he's he's got a lot of money, and and I think people have leaned on him when they when they've been in trouble or whatever you know and needed help with something and they logically go to their uncle alec or their or their brother alec or whoever um i've never had that role with him you know i never uh i never did that only because i think we were so competitive with each other about certain things um i and i just never thought that that was his responsibility now you on the other hand now being a member of the staff Mm -hmm. may face uh the pendulum swings both ways my friend because I would never want to be in the way of that bus when he when 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 he he gets wound up. That's not a good bus to get in the way. That's a number four bus with big tires on. I've it. seen <laughs> those. I've seen those videos. I don't mm. want to get in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's you know if you have his favor and you stay away from aggravating him or getting him angry, 
He's one of the most generous, nicest people that you'll ever know. I do. You, this this made me ask a question now of you because your famous exploits of when you, your hotel room. Uh-huh. Then, who who stepped up in that situation for you and, and put their arm around you and you know who who brought you to where you are now uh, um, that that really took you under your wing and said you know what you got to get your ass together. You know here. I think I think your your relation when you have a big family and you have this mm-hmm. I'm not f- no nah, I'm not as big as you guys no so so it it has ebbs and flows so I've always been um, pretty close to my my sister Beth and I have a very similar attitude it doesn't really matter what you do it's family. So, you know, you put aside the personal stuff. I might be arguing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and hating each other. But if something happened, I would immediately be there. Um, Billy and I, while we were younger, were closer uh, for a long time. And we have kind of drifted some, you know, in the last few years. Stephen, I barely ever hear from. Stephen is off doing his own thing. He's, you know, pounds the Bible. And, and, uh, and, and, and most of his escapades are Jesus-related. God bless him. I'm a born-again Christian myself. We wear our Christianity differently. Uh, but Stephen believes he should show you why you're wrong and, and, and bring you to, to God. And I believe that if it comes up, I lead by example. If you want to know my path and it becomes part of the conversation, we can talk about that. But I don't advertise it. Um, now, Alec and I, in the last five years have become much, much closer than we had for a long, long time. Um, and I and it was funny because it wasn't until I actually posed the statement to him that I realized why. So there are other members of my family that are sober, including my older brother. And I said to him, man, you know, back in the 90s when I was really struggling with everything, I hated you. I really did. I hated you. I mean, you you weren't really there for me. You know, I lived, I'm the only other person that lived in California with you and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I went through this whole thing about kind of guilting him and shaming him. But he looked at me and he went, dude, what are you talking about? You were smoking crack. He goes, you were a cocaine addict. He goes, I didn't hang out with people that were cocaine addicts. I wouldn't invite somebody who was using cocaine into my house around my, my wife and my children. And he goes, yeah, you were, you know, you had to go figure it out. And I never thought about it that way because I can hang out with guys that drink. We went to the bar for this function on Friday, and you can have a drink in front of me. It doesn't affect me. But I would not be in a card game if someone broke out cocaine and started using it. I would just pick up my stuff, and I would leave. Mm-hmm. You know, So I never thought about how much stronger he was than I to be able to walk away from my relationship with him to protect his sobriety. But he was. He was. It was actually... An example for me of what I hadn't been able to do in my life as as somebody who was sober, so it was uh, it was quite compelling. Polly, I don't admire your position. Um, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. First wrong tweet. You're dead. It's going to end real bad for you. Yeah, it's going to end bad. It's going to real bad. All right, back to Dan Levitard. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>